Welcome to Arts Monday, Simpoesis on Easted Radio 89.7 FM. This program takes place on the Gadigal land of the Eora Nation, traditional custodians of the land, and I pay my respect to the elders, past, present, and yet to come. Just after 11am, textile artist, printmaker, environmental advocate Gloria Flores will join me in the studio and will speak about her ongoing project Forest Ambassadors, which explores the beauty and fragility of diverse habitats with the intention to inspire future generations to protect our natural world. Gloria, thank you very much for coming this morning. And I believe you had to take a boat to come here this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Not quite. I actually, um, I was uh, in the city last night. But Ira, thank you so very much for inviting me today. It's been a very exciting opportunity to share the project and hope that others will join us too. The reason why I was mentioning the boat is because Gloria normally lives at the Karingai Chase, where her only access to her home and from her home to the city is with a boat, which I find beautiful. It's beautiful and challenging. Uh, when we have very strong winds, it really tests your abilities to drive and your abilities to make decisions because everything has to happen very fast. But it gives you the opportunity to be very close to nature. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You're in the mercy of elements constantly. And you can't ignore what's going on like we can when we are in in inbuilt city structures that actually sanitize all that. Correct. And the beginning of the projects that I'm actually doing that was a process of grief and frustration when I witnessed a massive logging of trees just because somebody needed to build another or make their property larger. So it was a very painful process where I thought I need to transfer that anger and frustration into something positive. Mm. And this is how Forest Ambassadors came about So what is Forest Ambassadors? Forest Ambassadors is an ongoing project, a community project where we go to regional areas. It started in 2019, and that was through an award given by the Northern Beaches Council in Arambo. And for this residency, I proposed a community project where I wanted to teach the children of the local school the fragility of the habitats of the eucalyptus spotted gun forest, which is a heritage-listed habitat, but is in great danger of disappearing very soon. So I had to bring the attention to this area. And so that's how Forest Ambassador began. We did have initially a group of 18 children, from Chroma Primary School, after school care. And we then created a panel, a very large scale scroll made of fibers from the area. And um, in that project, there was a a great opportunity to collaborate with writer Sina Shapta and video artist Alison Bell. 
So from then we created this absolutely beautiful journey. It was about the children interacting, expressing their thoughts, and all of this was conveyed into paper. So the next step of this journey into Forest Ambassador continued at Big Sai just a few weeks ago, um, actually a week ago, a where, week ago yes. where we did have the opportunity to meet and share the beauty of Big Sai. So this project there is going to develop in two steps. Just to explain to listeners, Big C is a residency project in uh, Bilpin Blue Mountains run by beautiful Ray and Yuri Bolotin. It is uh, an opportunity for artists to come to this uh, location, this residency location, for a minimum of four weeks and not only research their projects, but also develop them and present them to the local or not-so-local audience. And Gloria and I actually met there with uh, two fellow other artists and... And I believe at least one of them is listening this morning. So hello, Freedom. Special hello to you. Freedom Wilson is a printmaker based in Katoomba in Blue Mountains. And then we had Andrea Lorkin, who was with us also there. I'm sorry for interrupting you. Yes, so uh, Forest Ambassadors took its second stage at Big C. And uh, first stage was you actually going on a lot of bushwalks with Yuri Bolotin, who is an expert bushwalker and also environmental activist uh, looking at how to protect these endangered habitats. And specifically, this one was the Gardens of Stone area, I believe, which is endangered from coal mining and logging. Yes. So then my connection with Big Sai started, and thank you, Ira, for clarifying or the introduction, it started because I did have the opportunity to be awarded the environmental prize, Big Sai Environmental Prize for 2020. So then that was the next step. And as you mentioned, Yuri has an extremely knowledge of Gardens of Stone and the Wolomine National Park. So having the opportunity to join him on his explorations for me was an opportunity that I was not expecting, but it gave me a great insight of the enormity and the uniqueness and richness of this absolutely stunning habitat. I have to admit, I was very ignorant, thinking that the Blue Mountains were the three sisters, and that was it. And by golly, by gosh, I was very, <laughs> very wrong. <laughs> um, so, yes, in these explorations, I was able to then see these spectacular places that among them, there are two places that aren't protected and they deserve and they need to be protected. They need to be part of the Gardens of the Stone Let's National Park. They are Ben Bullen and Nunes Plateau. When I learned this, then my focus for the next step of Forest Ambassador was to advocate, to join my artistic boys to advocate for Ben Bullen and the Nunes Plateau to become part of the Gardens of Stone National Park. It's a place that deserves to be protected. It's a place that um, needs to be known and visit and be there for many years to come. Mm. When you talk about advocating through art, 
how does that actually take place? I know that, for example, one thing that you do is that you collect the raw materials from these sites, such as charcoal and clay and eucalyptus leaves and bark, and you actually use this sustainable method to develop the handmade papers and large-scale installations and natural inks and dyes. What are some other ways that you employ the environmental consciousness into the way that you work and make art in your projects? Thank you, Ira. Yes, uh, so that the first step is the introduction to the place. And from that, it becomes this personal journey into making, into connecting in which direction am I going to take the, the uh, work. So once I have that, which I have achieved on this first month, then I began a integrating with the community. And a very important aspect of that is to then integrate with the local public primary school, which we already have established a great integration with them. They responded in a very positive way. And for November, which will be the second step of this project, we will be then working with 50 children from the school. I'm extremely proud and touched and excited. When I first started this project, I proposed to invite 10 to 20 children. But the response has been so positive that then I thought there is no way to put any limitations because really the aim of the project is to bring the community together. It's for all to work, to have a sense of hope, to free that child that is within us because I think that is the only way we can fight is with that hope, with that optimism, with sharing our knowledge that by doing so also we are celebrating our diversity. So that's what Forest Ambassadors is bringing and I hope that I can continue that with the help of the community to continue that for many years to come. And then approach regional areas where they need to be protected, places that we need to get together and then get the attention from the government and from the local community to make them better place, to make them a protected places. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm talking to Aris Gloria Flores. She's also an environmental activist and uh, you're on ESET Radio 89.7 FM. This is Arts Monday Symposies, where we do talk about art and environmentalism and look at the ways to tackle some very big environmental issues that we are confronted with. Gloria, you spoke about the next stage of this project being working with children. Why was this part of the process working with new coming generations such an important thing for you to go in? And how do you approach working with children and especially this amount of children, 50 we are talking about? Um, I think one of the greatest things is that you become a child yourself. And when you are in that stage, the first thing I say to everybody is that the only rule is that there are no rules. It is about to open in your heart, to allow your creativity to run. And through that, we take the children to this imaginative place, which in this case is going to be Bambuli and Union's Platinum. And from there, they start to create and they start to express themselves. And that's how the force 
of the project starts to to take mm-hmm. form. How do you take them into that imaginable place? Given that you're saying imagination, I'm assuming you're not taking them there physically. So what are you creating in order for them to access these places in their minds? In saying that, for the first project, because of the curriculum and all the directions that you have to follow with the school, then you're not allowed to take them. But I'm hoping that somehow we can do something with the children from Bilpin. However, if it's not possible, then we recreate this sort of forest within the area. In this case, I think because of giving the number of children, we will be outside around their gardens. So then it is like you becoming part of this storytelling where we all are part of this imaginary place. And from then there is this introduction to the area and everything starts to flow in a very natural way. Then you are inviting them to express their opinions once you explain the factors, the danger, what is the immense beauty or in the biodiversity of the area. Then everything comes along and it becomes a very natural conversation and exchange of ideas. You have paper and then the children start to create their drawings and from that everything becomes. That is the first, the first, we have a series of four workshops. The first one is that introduction to the country, introduction to that specific place. The second one, it's an opportunity for making the paper. Then we have the fibers. Now we are familiar with the surroundings, with the environment, and the raw materials of the area. And we start to become extremely messy making paper and having a lot of fun. And eventually there'll be individual pieces. Each individual piece eventually will become a joint piece, which will be their work together in one very large scroll that will become then part of the initial work that I have already created. You mentioned how they share opinions as part of the process. Was there anything that struck the chord with you uh, that was surprising hearing coming from these new generations that changed something, something that you learned from them, basically? It is, it is very impressive and very powerful because they teach you at every second of that integration. For my previous experience at Chroma Primary School, we did have a group of children from 6 to 10 years old. And it was just so surprising to see when they mentioned their explorations where they were going to different forests with their parents when they started to question the importance of having fresh air, the importance of fresh water, the importance of keeping the forest alive. And it is just absolutely compelling. You, uh, I wish I have more time and more space so then we can start transferring every thought that they have into our work. I have transferred a number of the thoughts but then with the work that they create, I also create a Constantina book where it has absolutely every bit of those moments. And we also capture a video record, mm. vignettes of the moments. And so when you put all of this together, 
gives me the opportunity to come back to those moments of essence, of priceless knowledge. And I think that's what I found with children is that ability to dream, ability to be honest, to know that it is not impossible, that there is a sense of hope. And those are the values we need to have now. It's not about continue being pessimists, being sad, and living in a really dark space because that is not really going to help us. We need to be active in a positive way, and the only way is by getting uh, a bit of that energy of a child. Mm. Mm-hmm. Talking about childhood, what was your childhood like? Where did you grow up, and how did you come to make paper with your hands? Oh, I love that question, Ira. I was born in Colombia in a very small village, and my parents' backyard was my everything. It was the place where I was able to explore. I used to sit down next to the chickens to see them lay eggs. I used to observe very closely when the crystals were forming, and then eventually there were butterflies coming. They were used to be hanging from mom's clothesline. So for me, that was just the most spectacular place to be. But through all of these things of explorations and going through this very special place, there was always this question that just followed me. It never let me alone, which was, what is going to happen when we consume everything that is to be consumed on Mother Earth? And this has followed me ever since. Nothing has changed, but the answer always has been, don't worry that it's never going to happen. Mm. So I don't feel that that is the case and that now it's actually time to make things better for that reason. We are speaking to Gloria Flores. She's now Sydney-based artist, originally, as we heard, from Colombia. She's a printmaker, makes large-scale installations with natural dyes and inks, makes her own papers from raw materials, and she's currently working on an ongoing project she initiated in 2019 called Forest Ambassadors, where she advocates for endangered habitats but also works with the local primary school in inspiring the future generation to take action but also at the same time getting very inspired by them. Her recent project is advocating for the area of Blue Mountains, Wolomai National Park, Ben Buland and Nunes Plateau which are needing to become a part of the Gardens of Stone area which is protected by UNESCO. Gloria, I know that as a second part of this project so you were just in Big C in Bilpin doing the first part of this project which was researching the area and now for the second part you're going back in November you will be working with local primary school children it's going to be 50 of them but you also are planning to engage the aboriginal elders in the process how are you hoping to increase your project or deepen your project through their engagement Thank you, Ira. It is really important in this collaboration to have the ability to work with the Aboriginal elders, to have a knowledge and an introduction to the country. 
obviously we will not be able to have it the way they do it, but our hearts are open to learn and to understand the way they see land, the way they see country. And so therefore that is very important. There is something we are not 100% yet confident that it's going to happen. It is in the process of conversations that uh, we may have rangers from the Darren's country, the Darren's people, to be part of the project. And I am really having my fingers crossed because that will constitute a very important part. It will constitute the essence for the children to then understand the, the power of country. And that will be really the introduction to the project with the children, introducing them to the story of country. Mm-hmm. And in saying that, I also wanted to take this opportunity to invite educational organizations, scientific organizations, any organization that think that can be part of this project and we can make it bigger, we can advocate for other places. The stronger and the bigger that it becomes, it's just uh, it's what we need to be, to be doing. And how do they get in touch? I have my website, which has all my contact details. It's gloriaflores.info. On my Instagram, it's gloriafloresstudio. And from that, they can get all my contact details. I also wanted to add something from this latest project. It's a lovely collaboration that is developing in the most beautiful and spontaneous way with lovely Frida Wilson, which, as you said before, I can see her now listening to us. She's also a printmaker, but she is quite a unique artist in the sense that she spends a lot of time in the forest observing endangered species, in particular the native species of the area and her knowledge of mushrooms and orchids. It is exciting going to an exploration with her because she sees, she captures species that we couldn't see otherwise. So it is having like 200 extra eyes searching for everything and then obviously she will capture that. So and she has a radar eyes. She notices just everything comes to her gaze. She's she's meant to be doing that. <laughs> I think, you know, things that are so tiny in the eyes of the rest of us, I think they pop for her. Mm. Like she just sees them, which is beautiful. I think she has this secret communication with them yes. that she doesn't want to share with us and she only can hear <laughs> them. Look at us, we are here. <laughs> so we are working together. She is introducing some of her stunning line drawings into the muslin paperworks that I'm creating and hopefully by the end in November we will then create an installation together and that installation will invite the audience to walk through each bell to discover prints and, and a bit of paper and light reflecting through it so it's an experience that people have to go and walk through it to to understand what I'm saying. Yes. So I have many people come and visit us in November at Big Sai 
Yes. Mm. And also, uh, Freedom will actually be on this program in uh, mid-August. And uh, she's currently developing a big mushroom installation for a laneway in Katumba, I believe. So I look very much forward to having her on the program and talking to her about that project, but also about all other work that she has been involved in. You're on ESET Radio, 89.7 FM. This is Arts Monday Simpoesis. My name is Ira, and every second uh, Monday here on air from 10.30 to midday, I invite writers and artists to talk to us about the ways that they are raising environmental consciousness. Coming up next after me is Syncopatico by Pino. In the meantime, let's have a short music break. I will be playing a tune by Bernard Parmigiani, French composer, best known for acousmatic music. 